Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Jennifer Butler, and I'm your host. Dating after a breakup or divorce can be exciting, scary, comical, fun, and no doubt, an adventure. Worthy recently published a study which confirms that the subject of dating is very much on the forefront of the majority of women's minds post-divorce. They're thinking about it, talking about it, and they have a ton of questions about it. We're here today to dive into this topic and have a little fun too. Our guest today, Tamson Fidel, is a 12-time Emmy Award-winning journalist and primetime anchor for the PIX11 News in New York at 5, 6, and 10 p.m. Tamson is the executive producer and host of Broadway Profiles and a three-time author. Her most recent book titled The New Single, Finding, Fixing, and Falling Back in Love with Yourself After Divorce. She's dedicated to empowering women and actively participating in community and will be the moderator of the upcoming Worthy event where there will be a panel of experts discussing dating and the findings of the study conducted by Worthy. So Tamson, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today. Sure. Thanks for having me. I would love for you to share with our listeners a little bit about yourself and your journey and why you do the work that you do. Yeah, of course. Um, so I started in um, journalism years, years ago out, out of college. And, um, you know, I've always had a fascination with telling stories, people's stories. And that's kind of, you know, where it all started for me. And I've been in a number of different markets uh, before New York. I've been in New York since 2004 now, uh, before that Philadelphia. So it kind of been all over the map. And I just, um, you know, journalism has just been something that I, I was drawn to at an, at an early, early age. I started out in radio and did that for a long time. And then I moved into television. And so it's just been, it's been wonderful in terms of uh, being in New York and being able to tell uh, New York stories. And uh, there's, you know, I just think there's no better, better city in the world. So that's where I am now. I uh, started writing books about 10 years ago. I ran a matchmaking business for a, a, a little while with my then husband. Mm-hmm. And um, we wrote a couple of books about dating. And then my last book was a book about divorce because I had gone through a divorce. And um, I just, you know, I really, again, with regard to people stories, had uh, talked to so many different people going through so many things in terms of relationships from dating and running the matchmaking business to then going through a divorce and talking to people about that. So it kind of ran the gamut. And I just felt like I had a lot to say about uh, not only the people I had met, but also you know about what I was going through at the same time. Yeah, it's interesting. Like It's always our own journey. I feel like we kind of experience the things in our lives we experience so that we can really like teach our truth and do what we're meant to do here. Yeah, there's no question about that. And I think we all, you know, uh, listen, I guess we all are just very much the same and all go through the same things somehow or some way at some time. And I I think we learn from each other. You know, I'm constantly listening and learning and and repeating. And I guess I think if there's any little message that I have that can help somebody, I certainly want to deliver it. Yeah, and you do have a lot to say and, you know, really interesting things to say and in a way that's so easy to receive. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, and and that in and of itself is just, it's a gift, right? Because when you're able to be received in that way, people can hear you at a deeper level. So I'm excited to really just share your voice with our community. 
Oh, thank you. Well, I really appreciate your words. So you're a 12-time Emmy Award-winning journalist. And like mm-hmm. you said, you've authored books. You've authored, authored three books. And this most recent one that you referred to is called The New Single, Finding, Fixing, right. and Falling Back in Love with Yourself After a Breakup or a Divorce. So, you know, I guess just dive in a little bit about the book and maybe just a little bit more into the inspiration for it. Yeah, I mean, this this really came about because of the divorce that I had, you know, I had gone through and um, a need for me to, you know, find a few answers. And I just I was having a hard time with it, to be honest. I just mm-hmm. I didn't know where to look for answers. I didn't know how to get through it and how to kind of be right with myself and feel like it wasn't my fault all the time or feel, not feel angry and not, you know, and not be resentful. Of, of where I was. And I, and I, and I think for a long time, you, you know, you kind of go through that, like, you know, could I have done things differently? Should I do things differently? How yeah. am I going to be alone again? You know, who are my friends going to be? And uh, you know, I had all those questions for myself and I didn't really have a lot of answers. And I, I knew I needed sort of a roadmap and, and that's what this was. This was kind of just what worked for me. So I don't know that it's going to work for everybody. Um, I know that these are kind of some of the actions and attitudes that I took that helped me out. And so I thought, well, I wrote a book about, uh, you know, what to do if the guy doesn't call. I wrote a book about what to do if the guy doesn't want to get married. I think I better, you know, own this and write about divorce because I really wanted to hide. I didn't, I didn't want to talk about divorce of all things. Uh, you know, I had to run around the world saying like, I know about marriage and I know about love. Um, so that was, it was embarrassing to be talking about that, but I, but it was important too. So anyway, that's where I, I came from in terms of why I wrote this book and I broke it up into 90 day increments because for me, 90 days is enough to be able to focus on something and then move on. And it didn't seem too overwhelming. And, and so that's why I did that, which I think it just made it a little more palatable and a little bit easier to change a habit, whatever that habit was, when to get up in the morning, you know, how to organize my day, how to, you know, eat for one, how to, you know, get out of financial debt. So that's, that's why it was, it's broken up the way it is. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I just wanted to highlight something you said about, Mm -hmm. you know, walking into your embarrassment and, Mm -hmm. you know, the courage that that takes and what I imagine ended up being so healing for you. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, my uh, ex-husband and I had been living apart for a long time. And I just, I hid that, like, I didn't want to talk about it at all. And then it, you know, it came out in the newspaper and I was just mortified. Mm -hmm. And so it really was nice to be able to go, you know what, there's something about, uh, you know, something about just owning it at some point where there's nothing else you can do. Like it's out there and you own it and then you've got to figure it out. So it was, you know, it was, it was a little more public than I had certainly wanted it to be. But at the same time, in the end, I don't know. It, it couldn't have worked out better for my mental, my mental state, I guess, mm-hmm. um, to have to have to own it without any you know, questions. There was no there was no excuse as to uh, why I wasn't owning it. Yeah, it's like you were almost forced because of who you are and the publicity around it. You were almost forced earlier to do what most of us, you know, will kind of go through this hiding phase and avoiding phase. And then eventually we all have to really walk into it if we want to heal. Yeah. And that's what I think that's with everything. I think yeah. it's with, you know, a job loss. I think it's with, you know, aging. I think it's with everything. My next book is about that is talking about aging and um, moving into your, you know, the next part of your life and, and loving it, despite the fact we kind of don't always look forward to it. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, 
So yeah, that, that was very important to me. And I, and I think that once you do that, I mean, that's the only way to be able to move. That's the only way to move forward. I, I don't even have any doubt about that. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So like you said, the book's a roadmap for really rediscovering your power, living your best life, you know, very powerful for anyone going through any sort of transition like a divorce. And you said it's it's broken up into 90 day increments. But you talk mm-hmm. about that first 90 days being really an important place for women to focus. I think that it was an important area for me. And it's, I've had some people say like, why are there recipes in your book about divorce? We want to know about dating. And I said, you know what? Because I couldn't get to a place where I was even thinking about contemplating, wondering about dating until I had figured this other part out, which was about me. And so I really had to work on everything. I had to work on my, you know, home. I had to work on my body. I had to work on my, my head. I had to work on my everything, sleeping, getting up in the morning. You know, I was very unhappy with, with, with everything. I was unhappy with how it all turned out. Mm -hmm. And so the book really kind of goes into everything. I I, um, call it kind of being the architect of your own life. And I, wanted to kind of clean myself up and figure out where I was coming from first. Cause that, that was the only way I could do it. I had to declutter my heart, my closets, my head, my, you know, my diet. I had to do a little bit of everything to, to kind of rediscover myself. And I think it was a good time. It's what worked for me. And so that's what I did. I, I had, was no way ready to date somebody or, or see what was next without discovering who I was first, you know, there's so many marriages, second marriages that end into divorce as a result of somebody going after the same type of person they're with because they didn't figure out who they were. And I just didn't want to be, you know, the next batch of statistics since I was already one. Yeah, no, that makes so much sense. And so you referred to the recipes. So let's just kind of chat a little bit about that. Sure. Eating for one, right? Like, I mean, it's a major, (laughs) it's like, it's this tiny thing, but it's huge. Yeah, it is a huge thing. I mean, you know, I, I did it for a long time because I was single for a long time, mm-hmm. but, but, uh, you know, there's a certain thing that you have to do that. I, I believe that food is like, a, you know, I, I believe it's not just nourishment. I just kind of believe it's a little bit of everything. It's culturally for me, it's where we socialize and it's where we kind of begin and end our day. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I wanted those things to still make sense and not be living this life. Like, well, if there's nobody else here, then what's the use of, you know, having any kind of soulful experiences with anything I do? I didn't want to be that person. And I didn't want to be bitter. And that was a, a big thing for me running the matchmaking business. Um, we had met a lot of a lot of women and men, but a lot of women that were very angry and I didn't want to be one of those people. So a lot of my journey was to figure out a way to make sure I was going to be okay down the line and not, I'll never get married again, or I'll never fall in love again. That's not what I wanted. So, you know, food was a big thing, uh, figuring out what to eat, how to eat, making sure that I took care of myself, making sure I took care of my home. You know, I, I really, undid my home and redid it again. Mm. I, for a while was just, you know, living on a, on a mattress and with a couch and, you know, and not very much because I wanted to make everything my own again. And that's what I did. I, I went about just literally rebuilding every part of my life. And, and so I called the book the new single because I really think I became a new person. Yeah, I think we really do. It's like this um, place that that like propels us. It's like this launching pad, right? To somehow bring forth, I think things that sometimes get lost or kind of pushed down when we're in, you know, a relationship that might not be serving us. 
Yeah. I mean, that was a big part of it. You know, I became somebody different. I was like watching TV all the time with him because that was what he did. And I, I did things that just were not who I was anymore. I wasn't traveling. I wasn't doing a lot of the stuff that I was fulfilling and important to me. Mm -hmm. And so I got back to a lot of those things as best I could. Um, And, you know, and financially we were very different people in terms of money and he was a spender and I was not a spender. So we went different ways and I, I really had to bring myself back full. And I, I, you know, along the way had to do the one thing that I found very important, which was stop misremembering the past. You know, uh, when you go through a divorce, you, you're constantly reassessing and going like, well, uh, maybe it wasn't so bad after all. Maybe mm-hmm. that wasn't such a big problem. Maybe it'll be okay if we're still together. And that can be a really, really, uh, you know, it's a toxic pattern. And so, you know, part of this book was figuring out how to avoid toxic patterns and kind of missteps along the way. And then, you know, take care of yourself. Uh, when I went across the country and did speaking engagements, when the book uh, originally came out, uh, a lot of the people were, you know, coming out of just big life changes, whatever they were. And they wanted to figure out how to get through those life changes in order to move on. So it wasn't all people that were going through a divorce. Some were contemplating divorce. Some were empty nesters. Some had job changes. Some were, you know, had lost their job. Mm-hmm. So um, I do think as women, we have, you know, uh, certain insecurities that, you know, maybe men don't face, maybe they do. But, you know, for me, I know, you know, what I went through. And that's kind of why I put it down here and wanted to help people survive their big life change slash split up or divorce and be able to start over again 90 days at a time. I love that. So you write about um, this new field called neuroarchitecture. You guide women to be the architect of their own lives and start building from the inside out. Mm-hmm. So just kind of explain this to us and, you know, how women yeah. can really start not only applying it to their lives, but specifically in the subject of dating. Yeah, I mean, in the subject of dating, uh, it's interesting. You know, I, I do think you have to take all of these other steps first. So you kind of know who you are when you're getting back out there. Um, I think it's really, really important to be still for a little while and figure out who you are, which is easier said than done. Uh, for me, it incorporated uh, doing yoga. It incorporated taking walks, being outside a lot, just kind of figuring out who I was mm-hmm. and then figuring out who was going to be important. Because I think if you get back out there and you've still got all your stuff and you're putting it out on the table over drinks, over dinner, over movies or whatever it is, you know, it's it's not going to work. So I, I asked myself some questions like, um, you know, I had to be honest with myself before I went back out there dating. Like, am I in control of my emotions? And or am I saying, Hey, I want to be back out there with somebody just because I need to have this other person in my life to, to be happy. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. I needed me to be happy first and then, you know, figure out who I wanted to be a partner in my life. I had to figure out how I was at my best. Was that my best single or in a relationship, you know, be and be authentic. Mm -hmm. And then I also kind of looked at myself when it came to, um, dating saying like, where do I want to be in five years? So I want to be want married again? Do I want to be, am I okay being single? Am I, uh, you know, what, what is it that works for me? And for me, I said, I'm okay either way, as long as I never feel that out of joint again. Like I was so out of place when I was um, going through the bad part of my marriage. I never wanted to, to be there again. Mm -hmm. So those were some important things. And then, you know, when I got out there with regard to dating, I I think my, you know, everything changed. I, I was kind of figuring out who I was now versus who I was dating before. Right. So I I looked at people a little bit differently. I didn't have that list that I had when I was 26 years old, of like Mm -hmm. tall, dark, handsome, (laughs) rich, you know, so the person that was ideal for me might not have been somebody that I painted when I was, 
26 years old. And then I also wanted to make sure that I kept my value system. And I don't, I I know we say those kind of things, but we get into relationships and we start tweaking and we start accepting things that aren't, you know, really what we want to accept. And we avoid what I call they're pink. We change the flags to pink. We make them pink flags versus red flags. So we know a red flag and we know what's wrong and we know it's not good. And we still go, you know, we change it a little bit like, yeah, it's not that bad. It's it's not that bad. Yeah. So I I found that to be very, very important and something that, you know, I still have to catch myself from time to time. The, so the list, right? Like that, that list that we have in our twenties and we realize later on in life that that is so not, you know, what's important. The list really changes though, right? Because I know even for myself, you know, dating in my forties, my list is about values and, you know, intention and connection, Uh right? And so it's like having that list, I think it's still there, but it really transforms into something deeper. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it transforms. I don't want to say more grown up, but I think it's just from life lessons, right? Yeah. I think it just transforms to to what, you know, like what was your list at 26 versus now? Mine's so, so different. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, okay, let's take a really quick break here. And um, when we come back, let's talk a little bit. Worthy has done a study on dating. Yes. And uh, so let's kind of jump into that when we get back. Perfect. All right, we'll be right back with more from Tamsin Fidel. When I decided to sell my jewelry after my divorce, the most important thing to me was finding a company that I could trust and one that would also advocate for me. I found this and so much more at Worthy. Their expert staff immediately put me at ease and helped me to get the best price possible for my jewelry. Your engagement ring can be a symbol of your freedom, your journey, and the choices you have made to live your life on your terms and create the future you desire. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. We're back with Tamsin Fidal and we're talking about dating after divorce. And Worthy actually did a study called Jumping In. And it's a study about dating after divorce. And you, Tamsin, are actually going to be moderating a live event for us on this subject very soon. Mm -hmm. So we're very excited about that. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of bring some of this up today. You know, Worthy found that 65% of women that they surveyed are dating within that first year after divorce. Mm -hmm. Many are feeling scared about it. You know, there's a mixture of emotions, excitement, fear, hope, but the majority are feeling scared. So let's just talk about the fear and maybe some of the best ways to conquer that fear. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, um, I think with regard to dating, and this is, it's funny, I, I worked um, through this with a friend of mine who, who got back out there, um, two different ones, and, and one has been out you know, dating for several years, and one is just getting back out there. And I hate the way it sounds, but I love the way it feels. I really think that 
there is no way to not have pressure when you're out there dating unless you stop calling it dating and start just thinking of it as getting out there and meeting people in a very in a way without real goals and objectives because i i think we put so much pressure on ourselves and so you're sitting there on this first date uh judging them judging you uh trying to figure out if this is the one and this is human nature we mm-hmm. we go through this you know just this is what we do uh we go through it and we think like well this has got to be a purposeful interaction what am i doing here who am i meeting why am I here? Uh, could he be the, you know, somebody I want to see again? Does he like me? What is it? If yeah. we can get rid of all this, when we show up to a business meeting or we show up to a, whatever, you know, whatever it is, the first time we're meeting somebody, dropping off our kids at daycare, whatever it is, we're not thinking of all those things. There's so much pressure put on what we call dating. And if we could get rid of that and say like, listen, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going out for a, for a drink. If it's great and it's, and it's fun, you know, I'll be okay a second time. If not, I lose nothing at all. That's the only way to remove that fear is to, not have any expectations at the end of that. And it's really, really hard to do, but it feels so good when you, when you actually can do that, because we go into some of these with this horrendous expectations and we get disappointed over and over again and get very afraid because obviously we haven't been out there in a long time, especially if you're coming from a divorce. Yeah. And I think it also cuts off a lot of possibility too, because I hear it all the time too, like, Oh, you know, we met for coffee. He's not the one. So I'm not going to see him again. And, you know, and I get, you know, a connection and I get there's an energetic sort of dynamic that's felt immediately, but I think it's a lot of pressure and people are nervous on the first date. And like you said, you've got all this stuff going on. And so, you know, one of the things that I like to always say too, is just focus on how it feels to be in space with one another. Like, do you feel good? Do you, are you having fun? Is there laughter? You know, is there any sort of interest, anything like that, and take that pressure off of, is he the one, right? Like, it's just a, it's a very big standard to live up to on that first meeting. Well, yeah. And, and I, and I think it's also a numbers game, to be honest with you. Like if you, if you really think you're going out for the first, second, third, or fifth time, Mm -hmm. and you're going to find the one, I mean, good luck. I, I don't know how that, I don't know that that works. I think it is a, and I don't, I don't want to say numbers game in a negative way, but in a way that, you've got to go through some of that. Like we're moving very quickly nowadays. The world is moving very, very quickly. And to think that you're going to have swiped one way and found this person that you're supposed to be with forever. The first time after you're getting out of divorce, like that is an immense amount of pressure. And by the way, I don't necessarily agree with getting into a relationship one year out of a divorce. I don't, I don't know that that's healthy. I needed to have a serious relationship with myself first before mm-hmm. I could even contemplate anything like that. It was, I, I wouldn't have been the right person. Like for, it wouldn't have been a fair to somebody else. Forget about not being fair to me. It would not have been a fair to somebody else to say like, Hey, I'm ready. You know, it's been a significant amount of time. I'm ready. Even though my marriage had broken down, you know, for a while before the actual divorce happened, it just would not have been fair. Yeah. And I think even when marriages have been breaking down for a while, you know, you're doing a lot of the grieving in the morning through that process. But once the divorce happens, I, you know, no matter how much time you've had before, I think there's still this, this thing that happens once the divorce is final, where there's this whole other level of grieving that has to Mm -hmm. happen. Oh yeah. That paperwork looks scary when it comes in the mail and it's stamped. Like that's a whole different thing. I mean, I, I haven't talked about that very much. But you bring up a really good point. Like that is, that's final, 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 right? Yeah. And so, and so whatever comes along with that, whether it's happiness or 
or feelings of failure. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, even with happiness, some of that is there because it's just inevitable that, you know, something's come to an end, no matter how good or bad it was, whether it was your, your decision or the other person's. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's something that emotionally goes with that that you have to be able to let go. And listen, I am grateful for the marriage I had. Um, at the times it was good. And I'm grateful that I, I'm not in that anymore. And I'm happy for the person I am today. And I don't know that I would be this person if I hadn't gone through some of that. I, I wouldn't, you know, none of us would be, we could say that about anything. Any experience makes us just a little bit different. Yeah. And uh, I'm certainly appreciative of, of who I am now as a result of that. And I think I look at things differently. I look at people differently. I appreciate people differently. I look at relationships differently mm-hmm. and I look at what I want very differently too. And I think you do that if you're being honest with yourself and you're not just trying to replicate the same kind of relationship that you had, because that's also not fair to you, the other person, and really not possible. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And when you're sort of jumping right back out there and jumping in, I think that there is that chance that you are going to just replicate what you had, whether you want to or not. (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree, because I don't think you really know who you are. So you're just kind of falling into the same you know, patterns, maybe that, you know, listen, we're kind of all at fault when these things, you know, fall apart. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think you're replicating a lot of the same patterns that maybe you had that weren't necessarily good or got you into that, you know, that kind of marriage in the first place that maybe you you didn't see certain things. I mean, if in my case, I know, I know what my weaknesses were now that got me into that, into the marriage that I was in. And maybe it was right for me at the time, but it certainly would not be the right thing for me today. Yeah. And, um, so I'm grateful for that. You know, I really am. I, I, I don't, I try not to ever look back and go like, how in the world did I do that? You know, <laughs> right. I, I know exactly why I did it. And so, and I know exactly why I wouldn't do that particular thing again. Yeah. And I mean, that's where the change happens, right? Like that's, that's where we really own our ability to change is, is owning that, you know, this is who I was. This is why I chose this. And this is the different choices I get to make now. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say the biggest challenges women are facing these days when they're getting back out there and dating? I mean, I think the expectation thing is very, very big. I think it's, Mm -hmm. I don't want to use the word dangerous, but I think it's, um, Uh, counterproductive. I think it's very counterproductive to have expectation and, and it's hard not to, because it's human nature to have expectation. But I think if you can figure out a way to not do that, you're going to be better off long-term because I think you're going to be less disappointed. You're going to have less pressure on the other person that's sitting across from you. And you're going to enjoy those moments for what they are versus, you know, be sitting at the other end of it going like, well, another disappointment because you bring that into your next thing. You know, if you, if you have 10 dates that you feel were failure, uh, you know, you're going to go into the 11th day thinking like, well, this has got nothing to, you know, it's going to be nothing but failure. And by the way, people know when somebody is sitting across from them, anxious and wanting something, you don't want to be around somebody like that in business. You certainly don't want to be around somebody like that in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You feel people before they even say a word. Yeah, there's no question about that. Yeah. And, and people have gotten better at it, I think, because, you know, we date quicker. It's easier to meet people. It's easier to hook up with people. It's easier mm-hmm. to find people. So we've all, I think we've all gotten a little bit better about it. And, and I think that because things move so fast, you know, people might not give people uh, a, a chance either. You know, they're like, yeah, it didn't work. It's over. It's done mm-hmm. uh, because we want to like swipe to the next to swipe to the next thing. So I'm yeah. not a big um, person for online dating 
not not for any any reason except that I just didn't do it. I you know I tried out just a tad and then I went I just don't know like I I meet enough people I feel like in the course of the day if I see somebody interesting I'll walk up to them. I don't think that's for everybody, but I do think that with online dating it is a numbers game and so you have to, if you're okay with that and some people are and some people really really love it then that's fine. But if it becomes this anxious frustrating, upsetting thing every day that's bringing your self-esteem down, then, you know, you've got to look at something else to do. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And I'm, I'm looking at this um, study from Worthy, and I'm just looking at like this first date, you know, what people do on first dates. And most people do the quote unquote quick coffee date, right? Yes, absolutely. You know, and it's exactly what you're saying. Like we're doing things so much quicker, the swiping left or right. And now even the meeting, it's like, okay, I'll Mm -hmm. fit you in for 20 minutes. Let me do a quick assessment (laughs) and decide whether or not you're the one. And then I'm out of here. Right. Like, I mean, I think it's good in terms of not being disappointed because I, I, I do think that sometimes we, we do things like, uh, as women anyway, like I'm going to get all ready and this is going to be something focused on this all day long and I'm getting my wax and I'm, right. you know, whatever it is um, <laughs> we're doing to get ready for this date. And then we get there and the guy's like, you know, nothing like his picture. He brought a friend along, he's yeah. drunk, he, whatever it is. And we're so disappointed. And so I, I think I don't mind that being quick like that, but I think at the same time you have to be. I just, I guess I just think you have to be aware of the fact that we are moving at that kind of pace and maybe you've got to mentally just slow it down a little bit Mm -hmm. to be around the person. But I do like the idea of backing it up and having five different meetings as I call them versus dates, you know, so you don't feel upset if the first two don't work out. So I had Mm. a a friend of mine in California and she said, Oh my gosh, I'm like, I spent the, all this time getting ready and it was like the worst experience. And And I said, well, don't spend all this time getting ready. Go, you know, look presentable, look good, and then have another coffee meeting, you know, Sunday morning, whatever it is. But just so you're not feeling like everything is hanging on that one, that one interaction and then being upset when it doesn't work out. Mm, I like that. That is great. So, I mean, you've given so much advice, really just trying to let go of the expectations. And I love that, you know, making it, you know, four or five little meetings as opposed to one big event. Yeah, I just think it's, I don't know. I just think it's its less disappointing, you know? Yeah. And you're taking the pressure off the other person too, quite frankly. Like nobody wants to sit across from you thinking like, oh God, she's waiting for me to be the one, I guess. Right. Uh, that you can feel that. And that's not a, you know, it's not exactly a turn on. Yeah. It's almost like being interviewed yes. for a job or something. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to make a good second husband? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, you know, I, I just think uh, embracing this part as crappy as it can feel some days, you know, because when you look back on it, this is the these are the building blocks for the next relationship you're going to have. And I think it's important to keep that in mind. Yeah. So as much as you can put into this part is really important because I think it just builds who you are. And that's with everything. That's with whatever life changer is. I think you have to quietly, you know, assess and reassess and figure out exactly what it is that you want going forward versus I just got to get another date. So I'm not a part of one. Yeah. Because I think that, you know, that, that shouldn't be the goal. Amen to that. Yeah. Well, thank you. This was so fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm so glad we got to do this. And the the book is on Amazon if, um, if anybody wants it. And I, um, you know, I try to just, you know, write articles for different things whenever I can and, and give advice because I, I think it's so important. So I always love to hear back from people to feedback as well. 
Yeah. And how can people find you and follow up with you after oh, today? Tamson Fidel on social media, on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and or Facebook, all the same handle. Uh, Tamson Fidel on my website, TamsonFidel.com. Awesome. Perfect. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the, the new book is called The New Single, Finding, Fixing, and Falling Back in Love with Yourself After a Breakup or a Divorce. Thank you so much. Thank you. Everyone have an awesome day. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you, so email us at podcastworthy.com with any questions or ideas that you may have. We look forward to hearing from you.